Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. It's a marvelous night for a moon dance With the stars up above in your eyes A fantabulous night to make romance Neath the cover of October skies You know the leaves on the trees are falling To the sound of the breezes that blow You know I'm trying to please to the calling Of your heart strength that plays soft and low What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome aboard to the Bubba Show. Ty Bubba Hordes with you. And what's happening, everybody? Well, let's see here. We had a Triple Crown winner. Uh, triple Crown winner, Justify. Didn't think he'd win. That was not our pick. Uh, but uh, our other picks did come into the money, but did not win, which is obviously what we were playing for. Uh, in the meantime, we had uh, um, um, the G7 over the weekend, and of course, uh, our president was uh, doing his thing and uh, saying, hey, quit screwing us, quit taking advantage of us, and let's work together instead of working separately. And, uh, you know, not uh, not a uh, not a big surprise uh, at, at some of the results. And, of course, uh, a lot of angry, bitter uh, world leaders out there, but uh, good for them. They should be angry and bitter, but it's about time that somebody stepped up and said, you know what? It's time for you to quit taking advantage of the United States of America. So I have no issue, no problem. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm rather uh, happy about the way things are going. I think that it will work out well for everyone when it's all said and done. I think this is, it's about time that somebody stood up and said, hey, we need to uh, take care of our business first. And uh, I think that's indeed what we're what we're seeing. So I, I think that was that was good, and of course we've got the uh, uh, North Korean summit starting tomorrow, or I guess may, I guess it would be tonight, right? But uh, whatever, it's on Tuesday, uh, and you know I don't know that anything will big will come out of that market wise. Uh, I think that uh, certainly North Korea knows that they need to be. Uh, you know, good guys here and uh, make sure that they don't, you know, get too out of line because I, we all know that the El Presidente here will walk away if, if he doesn't feel like we're getting a fair shake and and who could who could blame him for that? Again, I, I truly believe that the President of the United States has the um, the best interest of the Americans in his heart. Uh, again, we know he's not doing it for the money. Uh, so, I think that you can count on, you know, if he thinks it's a good deal for America, I think that's what you want. And I think basically that's what we all want. As long as we've got a good deal in place, I think that 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 tells us that he's taking care of us. And I can I can certainly appreciate that. And of course, uh, we've got the uh, the Fed this week. Uh, You know, what are they going to do? What are they going to say? And, you know, who knows? I mean, you know, they're in my eyes, you know, as you know, I, let's not we won't get each other. Uh, I'm not a big fan. Uh, I don't think that they do a very good job. I don't think that they do. Uh, I, I do. I do not think that they have the best interests of the Americans in heart. I think they're the best interest of the banks and the best interest of the money. Uh, you know, again, it's my opinion. It just doesn't make me right. But certainly uh you know, I've seen enough 
to know that I've seen enough. And I, I don't believe that the Fed, the way that it operates, it works. I don't believe that it, it does the job that it was set out to do. I don't believe, you know, much of anything that comes from them. Uh, you can see, again, that after um, 11 years or whatever, and now it's funny, the uh, Mr. Bernanke is saying that the program is not any good. Uh, but, of course, he's the one who started it uh, in the way that in the, in the form that it is now. And he's the one who balked uh, when rates were sh- should have started rising quite a while ago. So I, I cannot put a lot of credit into what he says. Um, you know, he does. I believe I believe I'm not 100 percent sure, but I do believe that he works for a hedge fund now. Uh, and so, of course, he's got a reason to say some of the things he said. Remember, you know, it always comes back down to the money. And now that he's on the other side of the money, certainly he benefits, I'm certain, from some sort of market movement. And, and I would never be surprised if 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 they had uh, some sort of a position uh, that would benefit from some market volatility. So, you know, again, it has not had a major reaction on the markets as of yet, but it would not surprise me that that, that they would have the, the correct position based on what the market action would be. Again, I'm not accusing. I'm just giving you my personal opinion because all these guys, as we know, as we go back to, I forget the guy's name, but one of the directors, one of the, pre- the Fed presidents was giving information to uh, to one of the major hedge funds as well. And, of course, obviously that, in my mind, is against the law. But, of course, it wasn't. They allowed him to retire. But, again, at the end of the day, you know, th- these guys always have something to say when it comes down to uh, money. And that's one of the, the fallacies and the problems with the Federal Reserve is they don't help the masses in which their design is, but they help the few. And it's not the few the proud of the Marines, it's the few the proud of the rich. And of course, this has been, you know, my contention the entire time, which is why, in my mind, they should have put these big banks out of business uh, and just refunded and helped the depositors. And, and then we, I wouldn't be upset about it again. But uh, when you allow the, the big guys to stay in business and actually keep in business and, and actually let them be better than they were before, we, I, I, to me, that becomes uh, just a, another problem. And it just, just shows you the uh, inequality that we have in the system. And as, as Trish Regan likes to put, that's why we have this hourglass economy uh, where the middle class is just getting thumped and pounded. Because, of course, we do get the benefit of funding and helping um you know, pay back all this ridiculous debt that they build. So to me, again, that becomes just another issue that that does not uh, make me happy, does not spark me, does not want me to, you know, put me in that kind of position. Uh, so, you know, and then, of course, that brings us to the uh, to the genius uh, Superman, Super Mario, who will be talking on Thursday morning. And, you know, that 24 hours could be wild. It could be nothing. Uh, it, it's really hard to say. But what I do say is, is that when you when you listen to what he has to say, 
I mean, he's just no different than just another one of these bubble builders from central banking systems that are more interested in almost creating socialism than they are in creating actual real growth. And, you know, uh, the, the, the monetary policies that we have seen have been, in my uh, opinion, a joke. Uh, again, they have not done what they have, are supposed to have done. They have allowed them to create and print more money. Uh, they've allowed uh, the, the pulverization of the middle class. And to me, that's a shame. To me, that's a tragedy. And, you know, again, that's, that's the way it goes. And that's what happens when you give a group like that so much power. They don't have to worry about you and me. They don't have to worry about those things. They can get the, the same and continue just to worry about themselves. This is The Bubba Show, and I am Todd Bubba Horowitz. And, of course, libertytalk.fm is the only station you need. If you go there, you can download The Bubba Show each and every day, as well as The Sporting Edge and Crypto Investor X. Uh, and, of course, um, we obviously love you to down, continue to download the show. And also, don't forget to get my daily update, Bubba's Daily Update, which is available to you for free at BubbaTrading.com. All you have to do is go to BubbaTrading.com. A little box will pop up. You can sign up for the Daily Update, which is a three- to five-minute video each and every day. Uh, no credit card, nothing required. Just fill out the form, and you will get emailed a little video every single day. This is The Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horwitz will be right back after the break with Jane King. Welcome back to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz with Jane King, Lila Max Media, the Kaching Report, the star, my favorite. What's up, Jane King? Oh, just, you know, life is constantly interesting when Donald Trump is president. <laughs> so it's been, I'm very curious, you know, G7, North Korea Summit. It's going to be absolutely huge um, next week. It's going to be so interesting. I wish I could be in Singapore and cover that. That'd be fun. Well, take, take Lila Max Media to Singapore. Let's go. I guess I could, right? I mean, what's stopping me? Um, I could do phoners or something, but yeah, um, yeah it's uh, really interesting times. So what do you, well, so I guess there, there was so much news this week, a lot of revolving around trade. And of course there's really yeah. no resolution yet. Uh, but uh, what did you think about the ZTE uh, deal? What was your, what was your opinion? Well, I don't know. I, I guess I don't. I wish I knew more about it because they were, they were, you know, ZTE put on the list, possible national security threat, then um, taken off. And then I, it, I wonder if there's some kind of like this is part of the whole negotiations with China on trade. Although I find it really hard to believe that if it was a true threat, um, that Trump and Wilbur Ross and those guys would let this happen again. But a lot of people are kind of uneasy about it. And they're uneasy about all of these things that are coming up about China. Um, you know, Facebook apparently was sharing U.S. users' data with Chinese companies. Uh, Google's now being investigated for its relationship with Huawei. I mean, I know that it's a huge market, potentially super lucrative for these companies, but um, you know, I mean, how many billions can you have? At some point, you have to kind of just, you know, um, settle down a little bit and look at what's really important. Well, don't you think, though, it is always about greed? I mean, here's my theory that I get your comments, okay? I think that a lot of this is done because of the lobbyists and a lot of the people that are in 
politics and they work out these deals that are not necessarily in the best interest of the United States, but they are in the best interest of their own groups and their own uh, the people they represent. And they're looking to, to grab the money. And, I, and that's that's how I actually really see it. And I think that Wilbur Ross, I think they did a good job because the, the key here, in my opinion, is that they have somebody in there that's one of us. That is actually there to watch, not like the Iran deal where we can, well, we'll we show up and we, you know, we, we have to give you a 30 days notice that we're going to come and check you out. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I mean, no, I agree. Definitely is behind it. And, you know, but I, I just think, you know, at some point, like, you know, I mean, I remember when, you know, I worked at Chicago Board of Trade, you know, some wealthy trader was telling me, you know, your house can only be so warm and so big. I mean, it's like at some point you have to have like some kind of bigger goal in life. And, um, so I'm a little disappointed that all these tech companies are doing so much. And by the way, you know how Google is like um, coming under that, you know, their employees want all this diversity and there's all these issues going on internally. So they've removed eggs from the salad emojis to be more inclusive. So just so you know, that's the important things going on at Google. Eggs uh, out of salad. You, you, you know, this is this is what we've come down to. And, and, it, and, it, and it's really it's really scary, Jane, when we when we worry about so many things about, you know, and I'm not saying we shouldn't be politically correct, but I mean, so many of these things are just so ridiculous. It's it's like, can't we worry about something that's like important, like maybe turning, <laughs> ter, turning the country around and making and, and actually getting growth? I mean, you know, I'm really upset about the jobs. You know, obviously, the jobs have never been good. And I can't I'm not upset about that. Uh, but we're really not making much more money. But, you know, you keep hearing, well, there's so many jobs available and not enough people to fill it. Well, because most people are not trained for the jobs that are available mm-hmm. right now. And that will take, I don't know, 15, 20 years to work its way through the system until all these younger kids and people get into because they're being trained now for the next generation of jobs. And, and that's one of the yeah. problems between this and the Industrial Revolution. What do you think? Well, I, I was just talking this week with a, a CEO of uh, an educational data company, and he basically like crunches numbers and gives um, back information to uh, universities and, and schools about, you know, what's working in the classroom and teacher evaluations and all kinds of stuff. He's like, I cannot find people to work for me. And he said, and when I do, they're so expensive. So he's basically, basically looking for data scientists, you know, data miners. And... Um, you know, but we've got enough people out there who can, you know, kind of do other things, but not enough that know how to that kind of skill, which is what is really needed for the future. So I happened to be at this event with my kids. So I made sure I met my kids. And, you know, <laughs> so maybe in 20 years or actually less than that, about 15, maybe he'll give them a job if they uh, still do the right thing. But Whoa. no, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, we've got like one unemployed person for every job opening, but the skills are not matching those openings. And that's a huge problem. Well, right. Because, I mean, you take somebody like me, I use this example all the time in the show. But you take something like me, I don't know this. I couldn't get another job, like, you know, to do anything. I mean, I'm not qualified to do anything. So where, where would I go? And, and I think there's a big bunch, of, a big group of people from, let's say, 45 to 65, you know, that were either machine tool workers or industrial workers that it's not so easy just to switch into the, the technology world. And, and it's not so easy to get trained in that either. And I, don't, I think that's the bigger problem. What do you think? Yeah, well, I do know there are like some six-week coding classes where you can actually take those 
and, you know, learn coding skills. You know, if you're up for it, I mean, I'm sure it's, you know, you gotta, <laughs> it's like reworking the brain a little bit if you're not used to it. Um, but they'll, you'll get hired out of those classes. So, I mean, those are, you know, I even thought about doing something like that. I'm like, it wouldn't be a bad idea. I mean, not that I'm considering leaving my job or what I'm doing, but it wouldn't be a bad skill to know how to have. Um, so, you know, I, I just think we, we have to make education a little more flexible. Like, I love that idea, the six-week course, and it kind of sets you up at least for an entry-level job in a new field instead of, oh, i got to go back to college, and how am I going to afford that, and it's going to take four years. And, you know, I mean, more of this flexibility in these classes really kind of, you know, uh, uh, like a boot camp almost, uh, teaching people how to do some of these new skills. I hope we do more of that because I think it's going to be really useful. I mean, it would be great, but again, but, but again, you take – Somebody, you know, I give you the best example. My dad, you know, when he retired, he wanted to go work at the golf course, right? He wanted to be outside and they wanted to work on the cash register and he couldn't figure out the computer cash register and he quit. He couldn't, Mm -hmm. he couldn't take it. I mean, it's not so easy just to go get these whole skill set. You know, you've been doing something your whole life and it makes it much more challenging. And and that's where I, I think a lot of the issues are here is that we just don't. Yes, there's a lot of jobs available and they're good paying jobs. But there's very few people qualified for those jobs, and that's going to take a lot of time. And I think that is the bottom line. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because I, I was trying to get my parents to buy a computer, and I was probably like mid-90s, maybe late-90s, and they just they couldn't even work the mouse. They're like, we have no idea how this works. <laughs> and they just gave up. They're like, they couldn't get it. And um, But I, I think anybody, and you mentioned, you know, 65 and younger, I think, you know, most of those people are somewhat familiar with a computer and um, could at least m- maybe learn some different skills. Um, you know, we get the, we've at least, we're at least familiar with it and kind of working our way around it. Whereas like people in their eighties, I mean, they never really grew up with us. Right. No, I agree. And, and so now we've got a huge week coming. We've got, uh, the Nor- the Norco, uh, uh, summit. You've got the Fed and the ECB. Do you look for any, any surprises out of any of these things? Um, well, obviously, North Korea is going to be the most interesting. I mean, there's just um, so many things about this that are, that are interesting and history changing and even kind of funny in a way. Did you see the, the letter that uh, was given to Trump from the North Korean leader? I mean, it was huge. It was in this enormous envelope. I mean, it's just like, what? It's like cartoonish. Um, so, I mean, I guess, you know, I, I think, you know, we're going to start seeing interest rates go up again. We've already started to see that in the free market. Um, so I think, you know, wouldn't be surprised to see that from the Fed next week and, and just see how, what comes out of this North Korean meeting. I mean, I think it'll be, you know, maybe no big announcements made, but it's a start of warming things up. I think it's positive. Um, but I'm always an optimist. Well, so you, we'll see what happens. You, you are the optimist. You are Jane King, the King and Queen of Lila Max Media and also a great on your educational podcast. And that's always great. And Jane, it's always great to have you on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks, Todd. And that was our friend Jane King, Lila Max Media, the Kaching Report. And of course, this is the Bubba. And she's always <clears throat> a regular here on the Bubba Show. And of course, uh, we want to remind you. Uh, about our high school investing program, highschoolinvesting.com. You know, it's a program we've been doing for nine years for uh, for kids, trying to educate our youth and, and make them uh, more in tune with what we would call financial literacy. So hopefully you can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Bubba Trading and uh, help us out there if you'd like. That would be uh, obviously a nice thing. We're looking to... And we provide a lot of content 
to kids and as well as on the show here and would like to make sure we can continue this program as we come into the uh, new year, uh, the new school year, which is just right around the corner, believe it or not, as time flies. And don't forget to uh, download the show each and every day at libertytalk.fm. Uh, you go to uh, uh, you download it every day and help us get to our goal of one million downloads a month. And in the meantime, also don't forget to get my daily update at bubbatrading.com. It's free. All you have to do is go to bubbatrading.com, fill out the little box, and of course, each and every day after the close, I will send you an update. And this is the Bubba Show Top of Boards. We'll be right back after the break with Matt Demeter from DemeterResearch.com. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Lady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. Welcome back to The Bubba Show with Demeter, DemeterResearch.com, and myself, Todd Bubba Horwitz, WebbaTrading.com. So, Matt, um, you know, you and I were talking through the break about some of the uh, venture capital, and I know that you think it's exploding here. Tell us about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you if you look at uh, venture capital money on a on a graph of the past four years, it looks exponential. So the past few months, uh, VC money has been just flooding into cryptos. Uh, and if you look at if you look at any metric really in, in terms of investment, if you or or anything that has to do with cryptos, it's just it's all going vertical. You, if you look at job applications to crypto startups, they're through the roof. Uh, in, people being employed in this space through going through the roof. So everything under the surface is really positive. And, you know, just there's a lot of excitement about the technology and, you know, and, and where it's going. It's just we're not seeing we're not seeing it in terms of price of of the market. So that's that's where things are hung up. But I don't think it's going to last for very long. Uh, you know, the same thing has happened, you know, throughout the history of the Nasdaq, for example, and all these tech stocks, you know, people you'll see periods where obviously where where uh, you know Nasdaq is down, but investment continues to go up uh, in in pri privately and into uh, new R and D, and eventually it, it shows up in price. But they don't. They, sometimes they can disconnect, and that's where we are right now. I agree. With, I, I get to it. But you have now Mastercard going to have a credit card for cryptocurrency or for bitcoin i think it is but what do you think about that that's pretty exciting yeah I, yeah i think it is uh, you know I, I think on the flip side you have uh now what is it stripe that uh, a couple months ago took took bitcoin off of their their platform probably because of the the fees were were so high i think that was december that then that was the reason they took it off but um 
No, I, I, I think there's more acceptance by you know mainstream and and Mastercard. So that is that is exciting, but I think uh, Bitcoin right now with retail is is kind of stagnating. We need to we need to, that to pick back up, and the only way that's going to pick back up is if uh, if it starts to scale. And those scaling solutions are coming. I agree with that. I think I think you see a lot of that, and of course, so did Jamie Dimon, as we talked about last week with with J.P. Morgan, and now of course. Who's in the game now? Fidelity is in the game now, which they're they're no small house either, right? So they're now uh, putting in a cryptocurrency department or whatever. And and again, these are things that just lead to the that should lead everybody to believe that these things are real. It's not that they just want to make the money on it; they want to make because one thing we know about brokerage firms is they don't want you really to invest too much because they don't want you to lose. So if they're putting it in, they must believe that this is the coming of the future. And these are just little signs that are saying, "Hey, this is coming, whether you like it or not. It's coming." What do you think of that? Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, you have too many you, right now. You have too many uh, smart organizations, and whether Fidelity is one or not, I, they're huge. I mean, they have to have smart people working there that have examined this and said, "Is, is there a future here?" And their conclusion is yes. And a lot of the you know tech companies are coming to the same conclusions as well. You know, now you have uh, you know potentially Facebook creating their own. Uh, currency maybe amazon amazon will 100 percent in my opinion in my opinion they will 100 yeah. percent. yeah very likely i mean if you have a big captive audience like amazon does and you can you know have them buy you know goods with a, probably their coin would uh provide a discount that's what i would guess by one percent or two percent or something like that and uh yeah why not and then you could get a big network effect going right away because you have such a, a large customer base. No, I, I agree with that. And now we, we've got the Fed and the ECB reporting this week. And, and do you think that there'll be any effect to the cryptocurrency world based on what they do? Is, does that does do they correlate at all in your mind? There's not. There's so far been super low correlation with with currencies and, or with uh, stocks. So I don't really see the Fed affecting the cryptos too much. Okay, I mean, again, I don't know. I, you know, it's hard yeah. to say what, 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 you know, because it depends on what they do. And of course, you and I both agree that this is the the attempt. This is the financial revolution. Of course, Thailand. Not that they're some major major player, but they've uh, given their SEC supposedly has given thumbs up to the big seven of the cryptos. So again, and just another bit of more acceptance. Uh, around the globe. And of course, you know, we talked about Cardano using being used for grains and things like that. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I don't see any reason why, you know, your complaint the whole time has been that Bitcoin's fees are too high. So it's hard to gotten by like a cup of coffee. You know, you want to pay $55 right. for a cup of coffee. Not every, it's enough we get ripped by Starbucks, but you want to pay more. And I, I, I think that's the whole key. But this looks like it, it's coming faster than you. And I think it is. What are, what are your thoughts to that? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, it's going para- it's 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 moves in a parabolic uh, kind of fashion. Technology moves exponentially, and that's why it seems like you're waiting, you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting until suddenly you hit the hockey stick moment and you start going vertical. Which is, I think, we're I think we're at that knee of the curve right now. Uh, you were talking about Thailand. I think that's a big deal. I also, you know, uh, Norway and some other countries are looking at creating their own cryptocurrencies. Uh, I think that's. That's pretty big too. Uh, whether they follow through or not, I think they recognize that that this is something they can't ignore. Uh, so, I think that's all positive. And 
You know, I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, look, at the end of the day, I, we both agree that this is real. It's going to be around for a while. And, you know, th- th- those those who want to fight it can fight it. But, uh, you know, there's there's some some things going on. And we both believe, I think, that these markets are going to break out big to the upside, that the, the, the charts are supporting our information. Because, again, one thing about trading and one thing about investing is that you should always invest based on what the footprint of the market is. And the footprint looks, you know, as you say, can go a little bit lower based on your long-term work. But to me, it looks like it wants to break out big one way or the other. And I can think I can only see that breaking out big to the upside based on what I'm looking at and based on the way that I read any chart, because I read them all the same. I don't look, I don't really care what it is I'm looking at, but you, we, we look like there's maybe a little bit more room to the downside, which would just take us to the bottom of the consolidation and then pop them. And, you know, so I would, I would see that. What about you? Yeah, I mean, you know, traditional indicators are now starting to get oversold in again in uh, it, it, across the board most cryptos I'm looking at they're in the, you know, RSI's are in the 30s or in the 20s. So, you know, the just traditional indicators are saying that we should we should have a move up. Uh and you know, I think they're in the doldrums and you're you're kind of beating out all the optimism that that investors had so that's good it's a good contrary uh, signal so yeah next move should be higher and, and it should be a big one yeah i would i would think so i i mean my guess the way i would look at it i would almost think that the lows are in for a long time you know i mean again we can go a little bit lower which is what you're saying that you know whatever is six thousand or whatever it is in bitcoin we'll use that as the example but once it makes that final low I think that's going to be low for a long time, if not permanently. I mean, again, obviously, I would never call it permanent low in anything unless it was zero. But I think that you'll see significantly higher prices, and I, I think it will go up exponentially. And, and it could even, I don't know, could it test the highs this year? Yeah, I think it could towards the end of the year. I think that's totally doable. Uh, you know, the, the one I'm looking at, you know, you know, I I preferred Ethereum over, over Bitcoin. Uh, it just ran down to almost just barely missed it's close enough i'll call it a hit uh at a rising support line i wanted to see hit and it just hit it uh in the past within the past 24 hours and that was close close to 550 we didn't quite hit 550 we came very very close so uh you know that that was my downside target for ethereum so that may be the the bottom for the, for it um i do think you know, we'll have to see how well it competes with EOS now, because EOS is going to be a serious competitor. But uh, yeah, for for some of them, they already look like they're bottoming out. Are you concerned about EOS against Ethereum? I mean, are do you own them both? Or, or? Yeah, I own them both, and you know, I own more EOS than I own Ethereum because I think it's you know it it's a it's a gamble because you know Ethereum has already been tested. We already know it works. We just know it works slowly and it needs to improve uh eos on the other hand is brand new it's untested it's you know it hasn't even launched its its main net yet which should happen this week i would think so if it launches and, it's, and something goes wrong it could be a big flop i don't expect that to happen but you know i do, i do think you know i'm i think dan larimer is a really smart guy i think that the block one team that produces software is a quality team. I think that it's got a really good chance and we need something that runs really fast. And EOS will be the first thing that can demonstrate it runs really fast. 
Oh, no, I could see that. Again, I just, you know, always wonder when you get the competition in and, you know, is it going to be replaced? I mean, I would have to assume that EOS, you know, Dan Larimer, which is the EOS, but also Stan Larimer, who is BitShares. I mean, they should have a pretty good idea how this all runs and starts from the beginning. So I, I would think that they're going to be pretty much ready to go and there shouldn't be too many issues. Of course, you can never, you know, never know for sure. But I would think that they should be pretty well ready to go. And certainly with the time they've taken and. Of course, Dan's been in this since uh, the beginning when he had 20 bucks in his pocket, and now he's a, a Bitcoin billionaire or whatever. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, hey, we'll see and how EOS, if you and talking about EOS, like they've got five, something like four to five billion dollars of cash to work with. So if they do a run into a problem, they got a huge war chest to deal with it. So I, I they're the. They've raised more than any other crypto out there, so they've got a lot of cash to work with. And smart guy, that's what the smart guys do. They get the money. This is Matt Demet or DemetResearch.com, and make sure you check out CryptoInvestorX.com and uh, check out his free reports. And, of course, Todd Bubba Horowitz, BubbaTrading.com. We're going to stop out here for a break, and we'll be back with more from Matt and me after the break. Crypto Investor X. This is the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz. We're coming right back to you. Welcome back to the Bubba Show. Research.com and myself, Todd Bubba Horwitz, BubbaTrain.com. And Matt, um, well, you said the markets were going up. I didn't think they were going to black the card, but certainly they did. And, you know, there was one buying opportunity that I could see, and it was overnight. And what did you think of the overall uh, markets last week? Yeah, no, they just, they just, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit irritated because I have a rising support line that I expect will get hit. The problem is it rises steeply and we didn't quite hit it back on may 29th we had that uh you know we had a sell-off didn't quite make it to to the line so i'm you know we're we're short the nikkei we're short shanghai composite in russia which haven't been going anywhere they've uh, nikkei has been been up a bit but the other two you know the stuff we're short has been going in the right direction down but I wanted to get long S and P. I wanted to get long Nasdaq, and we, you know, unfortunately, we've been we haven't had we didn't get our perfect, you know, spot to buy. So we we have been missing some of it. Um, I still say we go higher. I still th- think the Nasdaq's going to hit eight thousand, and I, I'd be really very surprised if it doesn't hit eight thousand. So. Um, well, it certainly is close. I mean, you know, we're only yeah. 5% away or less than 5% away. So, uh, I, w- I mean, I wouldn't be surprised not to see the Dow and S&P at new highs now. I mean, you've already got the Russell and the, and the NASDAQ at new highs. Uh, at least the NASDAQ f- uh, futures are at new highs. So, you know, who knows? Like, it looks like we're just going up and, you know, vol- volatility is dried up to nothing. What's going on with the commercials and the volatility? Uh, yeah, they, they, uh, they're modestly long. So uh, I forget the exact figure uh, for this week, but they are somewhere around you know forty thousand contracts long of volatility. But remember, that doesn't get it really extreme until we see a hundred thousand contracts. Well, no, but it makes sense. I mean, if, if yeah. you were if you were a volatility player, now's the time to start buying a little bit. You, you wouldn't load up here, but I think to be the time. I mean, I looked at the Spider Vix volatility the other day at eight percent. For for June for September, I mean to me that's a no brainer. I mean I may be wrong, but I mean again I'm just looking to buy the extreme to the downside, and and of course to me where the the VIX itself is not extreme to the downside, but certainly some of the individual volatilities and individual stocks are down that are, are are at ridiculous levels. What do you think? Oh, oh sure, absolutely. And if you if we 
just stick with the VIX itself. I mean, if you look at the, you know, the the call versus put premiums, they're skewed uh, sevenfold in favor of calls. So again, you know, you know, this is the smart money typically, and uh, that that's trading. These are these are the market makers, and you know, they they think volatility is underpriced. They're buying the futures, and they're you know they're pricing the calls sevenfold more than they're pricing the puts for European for European you know style options. yeah no I agree I, listen I, yeah. I I think they're right how about that I mean look it may not be right tomorrow and I've gone to basically my posture has been you know neutral look for an opportunity but it's hard to want to chase into a market that has pretty much a lack of volume and a lot of things going on and again I know understand your methods which you would have just bought if it got to your levels they did not but so we're, we're looking at, of course, you and I both hated oil and oil has been under pressure. It did have a, little, a slight rally, I guess, last week, very marginal. But to me, it looks like oil's going to the toilet. That's that's how I see it. I don't know. How do you see it? Yeah, towards the end of the week, it, you know, Thursday or yeah, I think it was Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, it popped a little bit. But I think it actually closed slightly lower for the week. I, I, I'm not sure. It was either it was one, one or the other. It was close to flat. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I think it's going down too. I think I think the next short-term support is 62. Oh, me so, too. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Yeah. So that's where that's where uh I I would see first support coming into play, see see a bounce from there. But um then I have another target down that comes in around 50 Seven. Just, just. What are you reading over my shoulder again? No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got fifty. I got fifty eight. <laughs> Go ahead. There's a there's a there's a lateral level there where we had a, a previous low at fifty seven uh, eighty or something like that. So this I do happen to have a sideways pattern and and it lines up with that low. So that uh, that looks like the next support down too. What could it rally to? I know you were, you once had a target at almost seventy three twenty or something like that. I don't know if it, it just came close or didn't hit it. Whatever. It was very close. But now it was declining, if I remember. And what would be an upside move now that you'd be willing to sell more? Well, yeah, that was a, that was actually this lateral pattern that I, I think we more or less hit the top of it, which I, you know, I want to give it as much room as possible. So I said seventy three twenty, we got to seventy two ninety or something like that. So that was close enough that I, th- I think it was a hit. Uh, now that it's hit there and we're falling, you know, back to the downside. Uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for 62. We're, I'm we're still short. I would lighten up at 62, and I would lighten up at uh, 50, uh, 58. Um, and then uh, I would keep some on just for the long term, you know, to stay long term short. But uh, just for trading purposes, it's starting to get a little bit. I mean, RSI, daily RSI is at 41. That's not exactly oversold. I think. That's why once we get down to 62, though, I, I think it will be over. So it'll be time to uh, cover yeah, and cover and like to resell. Wait for a bounce and then, yeah, short or higher again. We'll get a bounce. Now, gold has been almost in a coma for quite a while now after that big breakdown. Um, I think gold's got a great chance to really break hard to the upside at some point here. I don't, I, it could go down, of course. I mean, I'm not saying it can't go down, but I don't see a lot of downside risk here, but I do see a chance for a big rally. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's it's very close. It's it's been hanging out on support, uh, rising support for the past say thirty days, uh, and it hasn't broken it. We have, and then we have support a little bit lower, around twelve, just above twelve eighty. So, you know, I, 
there's that it's on support and the fact that uh, commercials have a very small short position which is a relatively bullish thing because they're always short it's just by degree and it's a small position so uh, it, it's bullish we should see upside and uh, like I said we're on support if we if we break 1280 I'll change my tune but otherwise I think we're going up to we're no longer going to get to 1400 in my opinion I think we're going to get to 13. 80 and then we're going to see resistance up there i was i was i was looking 1330 then 1370 so we're right in the same neighborhood what about silver silver was a little bit stronger than gold last week and but really is just kind of blase as well yeah silver rallied up to its 200 day moving average uh the i think that the you know the thing with the commercials is they know that managed money you know uh a lot of CTAs and so forth. That you, if they're, they're, they look at these moving averages, the 50-day and the 200-day, and if you break the 200-day, they they will cover shorts to start going long. And if they want to keep it from breaking out, then you know last week's highs are the you know Thursday's high at thir- at sorry 1694 whatever it was, 1690s is where they're going to have to keep it from from popping above uh, if they want to keep it under control. And that's what they seem to be doing. I, I would, there's, if you look at, you know, what they're doing, they're still relatively, whatever. They're, they're, they're shorting a little more aggressively is what I'm trying to say. All right. So they we'll were see, long we'll a little bit pop or, above or, or, or they were less short, but now they're getting reached. They're getting shorter again. Yeah. Uh, and then of course you nailed the dollar. And the dollar is now, you know, and then we said 93 to 95 because it hit 95 and came back and now it's been consolidating. I'm looking for a bounce higher again. I'm looking for the next time to go through 95. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think we're going to bounce higher. Uh, and I didn't put on another contract there, but I, sh- I'd, I'd, co- I'd covered some when we started talking about the euro, which is basically just the inverse. Right. Uh, we, I uh, was short. I covered some of those shorts uh, about a week ago, and uh, added them back on this past week. Uh, so, you know, uh, Thursday I think or Friday uh, I put that on. I think it was Thursday. But anyway, yeah, um, or Wednesday. It doesn't really matter. The point is, we, uh, I think euros headed back down to the downside, and and dollars going back to the upside. And I, I can agree with that. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, and and I think that interest rates. You know, we had a little bit of a, you know, we got to, I think, three and a half, 10 year, and then broke back down to about two, nine. And I think we're going back, back a lot higher. What do you think? Yeah, uh, the interest rates did hit a, a target I was looking for, and uh, I could see them going more further to the downside. Uh, and I think treasuries, you know, I, I, I keep looking at TLT and I, and uh, I have a target still at, it's declining, but it's at 128. Which I'd like. I want to get short TLT, as I've said before. Uh, I'm neutral right now. We're at 119. I've got uh, resistance at 128, and I have support at uh, 112. So, uh, yeah. So if uh, if we get to 112, I'll buy. If we if we get to uh, 119, 129, you're selling. 128. Matt oh, Demeter, sorry. thanks so much, bro. I appreciate it. It's always great to be here. This is The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz, and we will see you back here tomorrow, same time station. Have a great day, everybody. We appreciate you all. The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. We'll see you later, everybody. I want to feel it sway. 
Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. 